On today's show, as another year draws to a close, let's make sure our retirement plan is ready for the new year. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jules. Welcome to your retirement. Chuck Caton here along with Sam Dool, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. They're in studio here for Dual Financial Strategies with over 22 years of experience helping you to and through retirement from their Green Bay office, their Appleton office, anywhere you're listening to us uh, here in the Fox Valley. And what they can do for you is uh, put together a retirement lifestyle review and no cost, no obligation. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. But first of all, as Sam said, uh, the holidays are upon us here. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and that means it's time to uh, make sure you've tied up all the loose ends before we welcome in 2024. So we've all put together a few things that you should be uh, sure to do uh, before uh, the end of the year. And what I can't believe, Sam, is how quickly things have gone. We're at the end of November already, and uh, we hope uh, you and yours have had a a wonderful Thanksgiving, and certainly to all of our listeners as well. I know it's a little uh, cooler than normal. I remember a lot of snow, though, when I lived in Madison uh, back uh, eons ago. And uh, this is uh, way before I contributed to a 401k because I was uh, working at WIBA Radio in Madison before they even had a 401k. (laughs) Uh, So I know you want to uh, uh, really uh, make sure that people do contribute to their 401k plan and maximize things. Yeah, that's one of the things that you want to do at the end of the year. You want to make sure that uh, uh, if you're going to max out a 401k and you have not done that yet, the deposits to that plan are typically due by the end of the calendar year. So you've got a little bit of time here, but not much. So, um, you know, if you're you're maybe looking at some excess uh, cash or maybe you picked up a bonus or something that gets paid out at the end of the year, uh, you could do a maximization of your contribution to that 401k. All right, Andy, uh, you know, uh, you're probably decades away from doing this yourself. Uh, I'm about a year and a half away from doing it, but some of our listeners may be uh, 70 and uh, under the old rule before the Secure Act 2.0 had to take required minimum distributions. This is the time of the year that you need to think about it unless you're under 73 and above 71, right? Um, Got to think about uh, making sure you do those required minimum distributions. Otherwise, there's a penalty involved. That is correct. So the rules have changed significantly in the last few years. They keep adjusting that age. I mean, it was 70 and a half. God only knows why they did a half. Um, And then they went to 72 and now they've gone to 73. And so it's hard to keep track of. But yes, your distributions from your 401k plans and and technically not 401k plans, it would be usually rolled out to your IRAs. So anything 401k, 457, 403bs, those all convert to an IRA when you retire or you're no longer working. Um, So at that point in time, you do have to take your distributions. Now, shockingly, I don't know why they did this, but I'm not going to complain about it. They actually changed the penalty if you don't take your required minimum distributions it used to be 50 percent penalty now it's 25 it surprises me that they give up any money at all um but yes it is important that if you are age 73 now and you haven't taken your distribution that you take your distribution required minimum distribution
contribution. So they're going to look at the value of your accounts, all your qualified accounts um, from 1231 of the prior year to determine how much you need to take out. And that's a factor, a calculator, a factor that you can use. Um, so that is something that if you need help figuring that out, we are more than happy to help you do that. Okay. I was just going to ask you about that, Andy, because uh, here at Dual Financial Strategies, do you make the phone call this time of year to remind your clients of doing that and then calculate it for them? Or how does that actually work if somebody does business with you? Most they usually receive a check or a, a notification the year prior. Okay. Mm -hmm. During the year, they'll receive a notification that they have to take a required distribution. And oftentimes we set them on automatic so that we can, it's never forgotten and we don't, we take that penalty out of play. Well, now, how do you f calculate that, though? Do you do the calculation for them or do the client have to do that? We can help them. Okay. I mean, it, it depends on who it is, you know, whoever yeah. we're sitting across from or whoever we're talking to on the but phone. It's, it's universal the way the, it the, the way it's calculated. You, you look at what the balance of your accounts that you're going to have to take your required distribution from. You look at the balance of those on 1231 of the previous year. So, like, if you're taking a required minimum distribution, we're in... You know, in this calendar year, you would have looked at what the balance of it was on twelve thirty one of last year. It's a little confusing for people sometimes. Yeah, I, I guess so. And then I guess I'm self selfishly asking that question myself because I'll be heading that way in twenty twenty five. So anyway, uh, Luke, there's things you can do too to uh, uh, mitigate the taxes uh, from an RMD, and that is uh, maybe donating your IRA distribution to charity. Let, let's talk about that. Yeah, so IRA owners who are already 73 or older, so you're taking your required distribution already, you can directly transfer a portion or all of that distribution directly to a charity. So some of you might already be giving to a charity. Maybe it's the church. Maybe it's another 501c3. Or maybe you do one-time gifts this time of year during the holidays. You can take a portion up to $100,000 in a given year of your required distribution and send it directly to that charitable organization. Now, of course, you satisfy your required distribution for any amount that's taken and given. You can take the rest of the required distribution and put it in your pocket if you don't want to gift the whole thing. Of course, this benefits the charity. And then it also is giving you a deduction above and beyond the standard deduction, which is one of the big benefits for doing it this way. All right. Let's uh, talk about uh, having a little bit more time to make IRA contributions as well, uh, because I think it's a misconception, Sam, that if you want to uh, make a uh, contribution to a Roth, uh, you have to do it by December 31st. But that's not uh, necessarily so, is it? Uh, that's true. Uh, the contributions are generally due by the calendar year if you're putting money into a 401k. So that's typically a calendar year thing. But if you're making an IRA contribution, you have until basically the day the taxes are due in that following year. So if we're talking about 2024, you'd have until April the 15th of 2024 to make an IRA contribution that would qualify you for a tax deduction on your previous year's return. Yeah, I know it's a little bit confusing, but it's 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 possible with an outside contribution. But if it's a 401k, then that is that's more of a pay as you go system um, as as you're uh, as you're making contributions there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to uh, think about if you're working and you're contributing to a 401k, you just don't have to worry 
uh, about uh, anything. Uh, just let it come out of your check, I guess you'd say. And then if you're going to make a, an additional IRA, for example, in my case, uh, when I was working, I gave extra money to my wife's IRA every year and had to do that by uh, the April 15th date that you're talking about uh, because uh, we did the same thing. We uh, either contributed to a Roth or to a regular IRA, and that's something that people should think about. All right, everybody wants to pay less taxes, Andy, so uh, how do you uh, reconcile considering tax-mitigating strategies? What can people do at this time of year when they're thinking about Uncle Sam taking part of their money by April 15th? Great question. So from a standpoint of we do consider what would be tax loss harvesting. So if you have losses that you want to carry forward on your taxes, you can only really utilize $3,000 a year. So when 2008 or 2022 or these years that we've had significant losses in the market, um, you can then take those accounts that have had losses. And if you've had other accounts per se that have had gains on it, you can essentially wash those losses against gains. Um, and that way you are not paying as much in taxes on gains and you are also getting rid of more of your losses in one time. But again, if you don't have gains that you can offset your losses by, then you would simply be able to deduct $3,000 a year on your taxes with reference to those losses. So if you had $10,000 in losses, then you could do basically three, six, nine, and partial. Um, so you'd have three years where you could deduct three years of losses. Now, you hope that you don't have basically nine or 10 years worth of um losses that you have just losses and no gains so we hope that the market is growing so that you can offset more at one time but Absolutely. that's basically the general rule all right what do we mean luke by paying today for a tax efficient tomorrow well we all want tax-free tomorrow we all don't want to pay any taxes right now but are you willing to pay today i mean essentially putting after tax funds into a Roth IRA is a great way to accomplish this. You know, the deadline, Sam was talking about the deadline for the IRA, that's the same as the Roth IRA. We don't have to do it by December 31st, but you do have to get those contributions in before the April 15th, 2024 deadline for your 2023 tax year. Another option commonly used for tax-free income in retirement is cash value life insurance because there's no phase out for income. So once you earn too much, you can't contribute to a Roth. Um, and there's also much higher contribution amounts that you can put into those types of tools than a traditional Roth IRA. So whatever it is, you know, you might be looking for a tax efficient tomorrow tax-free income there are a variety of different tools and ways to accomplish this absolutely and as we wrap it up sam and you could tell people how you could help them but first they've got to do something very very important in case they've had any changes in their family situation always review that beneficiary designation uh, this time of year right absolutely this is a great time of the year to do it and chuck you would be you'd probably be shocked and amazed at the number of times that we will meet with people that come in from radio or television or one of our in-person events and we do a, a cursory review uh, particularly like iras and 401ks and we find mistakes in beneficiary designations and this can be absolutely devastating folks because if you've got if you got a 401k 
or if you've got an IRA, Roth IRA, 457 plan, any sort of a what we would call a qualified plan like that, uh, we reference those as will substitutes. And what that means is that that is a direct beneficiary instrument. So whoever you named as a beneficiary at your passing, that's where the money goes. Um, we had a case, Andy actually had a case uh, uh, from a, one of her clients where uh, there was a divorce situation. The lady basically forgot to change the beneficiary designations on her uh, 401k. And unfortunately, she passed away at an early age, had never changed the beneficiary designation. Well, and she had, and, re- and she had remarried. And yes, had children. But never changed the beneficiary designation on her work plan away from her ex-husband. So her ex-husband ended up with all of that money. Not the not the current husband, not the surviving children. It went to him and unfortunately because it was it was a mistake, but there's absolutely nothing that can be do about it. So put that on your put that on your to-do list at the end of the year. Just uh, just an examination. And a lot of times if you look at your statements, it'll say on there who your beneficiaries are. Just make sure, but absolutely if there's a life-changing situation, a divorce, um a disability, a death, whatever the case might be, just make absolutely sure that those are correct. All right, that's part of the Retirement Lifestyle Review. And remember, the number is 866-203-7486. That's how you reach them, toll-free call. And it is a no-cost, no-obligation sit-down, either at the Green Bay office or the Appleton office with either Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, Once again, 866-203-7486 is the number. We've got to take a break. What's happening next? Well, sticking with the uh, kind of the out with the old and in with the new theme, when we come back, we're going to highlight five changes to Social Security that are coming up in 2024 that are going to impact retirees. We're back here on your retirement. Chuck Caton here along with Luke Van Abel, Andy Schooler, and of course, Sam Duell of Duell Financial Strategies. Uh, and uh, that number, once again, is 866-203-7486. And uh, of course, uh, you get that complimentary uh, retirement lifestyle review when you sit down and talk to them. Uh, you can talk turkey, no pun intended, with them. Because over 71 million people rely on Social Security benefits. We're going to uh, devote this segment to it, as uh, Sam said earlier. So making any tweaks to its program is pretty big news, and this is something you got to be aware of. And this year, the cost of living adjustment, of course, will not be as high as last year's massive uh, 8.7% jump. It's something over 3%, I think, this year. Uh, that 8.7% jump, by the way, was the largest in over 40 years. And, of course, that's a double-edged sword because it still didn't keep up with inflation. Uh, But a little extra cash is great for those on fixed incomes. I'm sure you would agree if you are on Social Security uh, already. But, uh, again, I think I let the cat out of the bag here, Sam, about that cost of living adjustment. I just saw it. It's going to rise, but it's going to be over 5% less than last year. Yeah, 3.2 to be exact. That's what we're going to see for uh, Social Security year 2024, uh, that cost of living adjustment. You see that uh, often referenced as COLA, C-O-L-A. So for the average retired worker on Social Security, you're probably going to see about an extra $59 a month starting in January. But uh, simple to do, just simple math. Take the amount of benefits you're currently receiving, multiply that by 3.2%, and that will be your new amount. So if you're, if you're, 
typically average uh, retired worker, your payment would probably go from about 1848 to around 1907. Um, if you're a married couple and you're both receiving benefits, then obviously, you know, that would be a little bit more. So um, you're going to see a little bit of an increase there more in line with what we see traditionally. Um, it's been uh, 1975 was when Social Security started linking these adjustments to the consumer price index uh, for what they call urban wage earners and clerical workers. Only government could come up with those silly terms. Um, but they just do some comparisons on it. And then they'll make adjustments based upon the differences uh, in those calculations from one year to the next. All right, let's talk about that, Sam, for just a second or so uh, with respect to the uh, consumer price index. Is that the true uh, measure of inflation every year, though? No, it really isn't. There's things that don't count in the consumer price index. They don't count the uh, cost of housing in there. They don't count the cost of energy, which for most people is the two highest expenses that you have <laughs> is what it costs you to keep a roof over your head and what it costs you to, uh, you know, to keep your houses warm or keep your cars going down the road. Uh, so it's no, it's really, it's, it's an extraordinarily inaccurate index actually, uh, because it doesn't, account for what people that are living every day uh, actually experience. So it's another one of those things, Chuck, that was uh, invented, made up, and continues to be calculated within the, uh, you know, the vacuum that is Washington, D.C., and the uh, complete disconnect from reality that those folks enjoy. Oh, you can say that again. Well, Andy, uh, the maximum taxable earnings are going up, and I think that is something that uh, affects yeah, maybe uh, 5 or 10% of our listening audience. You, you could talk about uh, the amount that will go up, but I th I've heard a lot of people say, you know, if Social Security is in so much trouble that we may lose it by 2034, uh, then why not tax people making over the amount that you're going to talk about and to keep it going that way? And why does it cut off at that certain level? Because it's the government. Because <laughs> nothing makes sense. I and they have I'd, to pay out much higher benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In 2023, the maximum earnings that are subject to Social Security are $160,200. So that is workers paying into the system are taxed on wages up to this amount, typically at the 6.2% tax rate. Now, in 2024, the maximum earnings will increase to 168600 meaning more of a worker's income will be subject to the tax. And this adjustment, of course, is due to an increase in average wages in the U.S., which I think is amusing considering how much we're paying in inflation and how much we've lost in our buying power, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that they're increasing it, but of course they don't want to pay out more. So, no, they don't want to go above that because they have to pay out more. Yeah, when I was working and I was doing uh, hockey, I didn't mind that at all because I have to say that I made a lot more than that uh, figure. So I was happy about maybe August or September when I didn't have to pay Social Security tax anymore as I reached that goal. But uh, it's one of those things that uh, could be changed. You never know. All right, Luke, what about the maximum Social Security benefit uh, also set to increase? Yeah, so because we have a cap on the amount of earnings that we pay into Social Security, it only makes sense that there would be a cap on um, the Social Security benefits themselves when we go to elect them. So as anticipated, the top Social Security benefit for a worker retiring at full retirement age will go up in 2024, climbing from $3,627 to around 3822 But remember... This is the maximum amount for folks at their full retirement age, which for most of you born after 1960 will be 67 years old, not 
beyond that, it could be your payment could be higher beyond that, but this is the full retirement benefit amount. If you retire before reaching your full retirement age, the maximum will be different, seeing these benefits uh, will be less than what your full retirement benefit is. And the same goes for retiring after full retirement age. You will get that delayed retirement credit of 8%, so it can grow from there. All right. Uh, again, if that's confusing to you, all you have to do is make that phone call about Social Security. If you're uh, wondering when to take it, that's part of your retirement lifestyle review that can do here at uh, Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486. All right, Sam, Social Security adjusts uh, earnings test exempt amounts. Yeah, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Easy for you to say. Uh-huh. Let's explain that to the listeners because I, I think that is a, a little bit confusing as well to some. Yeah, that's well, what happens is that Social Security tweaks the earnings test exemption amounts, which it basically affects how much they'll withhold from your retirement benefits if you start claiming them before hitting full retirement age. Okay. Um, we commonly call that uh, the delayed retirement credits. So that's what they're talking about here is, is tweaking those delayed retirement credits. Um, and if you're, uh, if you, if you take your social security, you know, prior to full retirement age, they can snatch away a significant chunk. So um, here's what 2024 would look like. If you start your social security before reaching full retirement age. So let's say that's 66 or 67. Um, you're probably around $1,860 a month, $22,320 annually. So with in 2024, with that's without social security taking away any of those benefits. But once you cross that line, if you go above that line, then they'll hold back a dollar in benefits for every $2 you earn. So if you got these earning limits, if you're still working, um, then that's what's going to happen. Uh, and last year, it was $1,770 a month, $21,240. So they bumped that up a little bit so you could make a little bit more money. Um, now, that rule sticks around uh, until you hit full retirement age. So at full retirement age, uh, you could you could make as much as if you were within uh, a month uh, of, of reaching full retirement age, you could make about almost fifty nine thousand dollars a year uh, before they'd start withholding benefits. Uh, they do change the calculation on that a little bit, but uh, basically what happens is as they're tweaking these these earnings exemption limitations, uh, just remember that uh, um, your Social Security continues to roll up every year about eight percent that you don't take it after 62 but if you decide to take it and you're going to work you have to be very aware of these limitations and chuck i would go so far as to say if you're going to do that uh if you're going to continue working uh, and you're going to draw social security before retirement uh, full retirement age go to your employer talk to the human resources department or talk to whoever does payroll uh, and let them know that you're doing that because you do need to make sure your wages are adjusted not only on an annual basis but on a monthly basis so you can't just come in for instance and make you know uh, twenty two thousand dollars in two months and say well i stayed underneath the limitation no they break it down into the actual 12 months uh -huh. so make sure you're doing that because you could run afoul of that and think well i'm fine because i didn't hit the maximum yearly benefit but the maximum yearly benefit is calculated in you guessed it a year okay all right uh, the government giveth the government taketh away uh, i think andy it's uh, easy to see because we talk about a 3.2 percent increase in social security but also medicare part b premiums are going to be increasing by nine dollars and 80 cents a month of course they are i mean while social security and medicare are different programs most retirees participate in both and many have their medicare part b premium automatically deducted from your social security check 
So the monthly Medicare Part B premiums will rise from $164.90 in 23 to $174.70 in 24. The annual Part B deduction is also rising, no surprise, from $226 in 23 to $240 in 24, or a $14 increase. So bottom line, 2024 Social Security COLA offers retirees and others a better than average boost to their benefits as inflation lingers <laughs> kind of takes it all away but there's not the only change in the program so other levels and thresholds have been adjusted to account for the ongoing inflation as well all right so sam uh, very quickly uh, what can you do for our listeners here uh, in this uh, uh, mumbo jumbo age of uh, trying to figure out what to take social security and uh, how much you're going to pay for medicare at all well, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about these different topics. Um, and basically what we find is that people need help putting the puzzle pieces in place. Uh, you know, Andy was talking uh, uh, in detail there about Medicare Part B premiums. Um, we go so far in our office as to actually have an advisor in the office that focuses on Medicare, that focuses on helping you determine how you apply for Medicare, even helping you with Medicare supplement plans, because a lot of people are extraordinarily confused by that. Social Security, what age should you should you start taking that benefit? Uh, taxes, I spend a lot of time talking to people about taxes and making sure that this tax time bomb called a 401k uh, that they have, uh, that they've formed over the last 35 or 40 years doesn't blow them up. So a lot going on in retirement, a lot to think about, but you can mitigate a lot of these risks that you're talking about and a lot of your concerns and worries by simply making that call, talking to Rick, Getting in to see us, taking an hour, hour and a half of your time will save you much, much worry and consternation. Chuck, tell them how to get a hold of us. All right. It's very simple. It's uh, 866-203-7486. That's how you reach the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies at either their Green Bay or Appleton office. They're conveniently located for you. 866-203-7486. And when you uh, meet for that retirement lifestyle review to talk about Social Security and review everything about your retirement, Sam, in his second printing, is a... Uh, um, authored a book called Purpose Determines Placement, and you'll get a free copy of that when you come in. Now, once again, it's 866-203-7486. Break time once again. What's coming up in the next segment, Sam? Just going to talk more about this thing called retirement. I mean, it's finally here, and now it is nonstop vacation for you. Or is it? When we come back, some pitfalls of retirement and how to avoid them. Welcome back to your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton along with Sam Duell, Luke Benabel, Andy Schooler, all in studio here for Dual Financial Strategies. Remember, they've had over 22 years of experience here in the realm of retirement planning here in the Fox Valley. They have offices in Appleton uh, and Green Bay, and their number is 866-203-7486. It's all about your retirement with Sam, Andy, and Luke at your service. So, uh... We all look forward to retirement. Uh, that's why you're listening to this program, and you want it to be as rewarding and pleasurable as possible in your life. But uh, there's going to be some occasions when the reality doesn't measure up to the dream. Uh, isn't that uh, so with a lot of different things? So uh, we're going to uh, inform you about what to watch for and uh, what to do about it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of time, Sam, that people have on their hands I hear a lot more people of my generation, I'm in my early 70s, 
who say, I want to still work part-time once I've retired, uh, whether it was forced or not, because guess what? There's 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, four and a half weeks in every month. And if you're not filling it with something, you really get bored. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, many retirees, because of the excitement, the newness of it, they'll experience a honeymoon period. They're going to travel, maybe move to the retirement dream home, but maybe just relax and enjoy all of the free time. But the newness of retirement is eventually going to wear off. And then you may have lots of time on your hands with really nothing much to do. People are usually happiest when they're engaged in activities they consider important, activities that give them a sense of accomplishment. So be thinking about that. Be thinking about what do you like to do? What fulfills you? What what makes you feel, you know, whole and, and, and satisfied? So those are things that you're going to need to have in your retirement because after that honeymoon phase, and for some people, Chuck, I've I've seen the honeymoon phase go for <laughs> I've seen it go for years. Other ones will have a honeymoon phase that goes for months. So prior to retirement, Think about that. How are you going to fill all of that extra time you're going to have? Yeah, absolutely true. You can only play so much golf or tennis or pickleball, whatever uh, you will, or maybe senior hockey or something like that. Uh, and so you got to fill that time and be satisfied uh, with it. And, and when you're uh, busy, and sometimes people do, as, as Sam just said, Andy, you're still not satisfied, um, even though you uh, claim you're busy, but there's only so many things you can do. How, how, how many times are you going to visit the grandkids, I guess? Yeah, it's interesting to see how people kind of go through retirement or go into retirement. Um, some of them, it's as if they've been retired forever, and some of them really struggle. So when you go through a period when you feel like, you're drifting or the days of the week or feel the same. And I mean, let's face it, kind of every day is a Saturday when you retire. Um, so remember that retirement is not exactly a vacation. We still have to perform routines, cooking meals, paying bills, bring the car in for repairs. Life still goes on. I mean, we still have to consider food, clothing and shelter. So it's just, um, I think figuring out some sort of purpose for yourself that makes the most sense and gives you satisfaction and fulfillment. And it may take a little bit of, figuring out. It is a bit of a puzzle to um, establish what is your new routine. A lot of people miss their social aspects from their job, their career, because you've been with these people for such a long time. Perhaps it's going to lunch with them regularly once a week or once a month or whatever to keep those connections alive and going and and maybe figuring out some new connections and maybe taking on a you know part-time job to fill some time, give a little extra cash flow and create some new connections so that you still have purpose. Absolutely true. And again, when we talked about Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement, we were talking about a fiscal sense, but I think it could apply uh, to uh, your purpose, determining your placement in life and what you want to do to be satisfied in retirement. That's a, uh, maybe that's a topic for Sam's next book, uh, a variation on that from an uh, emotional standpoint. Uh, you know, again, Luke, uh, a lot of people say when you're retired, you don't know what to say when you're asked about it because sometimes uh, they knew you as an accountant or a doctor or a, uh, a factory worker or a broadcaster, and all of a sudden uh, you don't know what to say when you're retired because uh, that purpose is gone or your, your uh, employment and your, uh, your vocation is gone. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this one hit, hits close to home because just a couple days ago I had this conversation with a retiree, and he was 
uh, talking about work as if he was still there because he was with the company for 27 years. And, um, you know, he, by golly, he, he wasn't gone. So, you know, what do you do in these situations? How do you answer that tough question? Many people, you know, identify with their jobs and they still see themselves as whatever profession they were. Um, you know, you might be at a loss for what to say to people. Some people even feel, and I've experienced this and talked to people that fall into this category too, that they feel embarrassed to even admit that they're retired or going to retire because somehow, um, I don't know where that stems from, uh, but they just have a hard time grasping with that. So remember that, you know, retirement doesn't mean not working anymore. It just means maybe working at or doing things or engaging in things that you really enjoy. And that could be something completely different. Um, you get to sort of identify and you get to pursue the things that you want to no. Yeah, it's kind of like the psychology of uh, once you're retired, uh, that subliminal fear of running out of money. You don't want to spend money. That uh, decumulation phase is tough for a lot of retirees, uh, certainly a lot tougher than the accumulation phase when they were working. 866-203-7486. They can assuage any of your retirement fears at uh, Dual Financial Strategy, so give them a call. Sam? Uh, Somebody doesn't work. He's got, they've got relatives in the area. Well, you've got a lot of time to run errands for everybody else, don't you? Or do you? Yeah, you see that happening, too. And, you know, I, I see this happen a lot uh, with kids and with all of a sudden grandma and grandpa turning into basically full-time babysitters uh, or taking care of all of the family gatherings or anything. And, uh, you know, hey, if talking to the kids, if your mom and dad enjoy being with the kids all of the time, if that's something that fulfills them, um, then that's fine. There's nothing at all wrong with that. But uh, I think you also need to be aware that, uh, you know, they didn't retire to become your full-time uh, daycare center either. Uh, so if nothing more, I, I believe that children, in my honest opinion, uh, if you're going to have your parents babysitting for your kids all the time, uh, they're saving you many, 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 many thousands of dollars per year by not having the kids in daycare. Uh, not only that, but giving them a much better uh, social basis. Uh, you should be paying them. I mean, this this shouldn't be a free lunch. I, I don't believe uh, that could become the part time job. But um, retirees, I also have to tell you. You may need to set some limits. You may need to learn how to say no. And unfortunately, most people aren't very good at saying no. Most people struggle at saying no um, because it's much easier to say yes and just abide by it. But you have spent the last 40 years working yourself silly to get to this retirement stage. You deserve retirement. You've earned retirement. And you have, uh, you've also raised your own kids once you've already. Ra you've raised them. So set some limits. Set boundaries. Say no. Say, look, no, we're, we're not going to do that. Like, yeah, hey, maybe I'll watch them a day a week, but I'm not going to become the five-day-a-week, you know, eight-to-five grandpa. Yeah. So don't be afraid to set limits. Um, don't be afraid to keep people from overstepping their bounds and uh, taking, taking, uh, taking your time for granted because – your time is just as precious as their time is. 
and you need to protect it. I don't have that problem. I've got one in Seattle, one in uh, Grand Rapids that have kids. So uh, we see them around, uh, well, we uh, just saw some of them a few days ago, and then we will see some at Christmas time as well. All right. I don't don't have the problem because I'm very, very good at saying no. Okay. Well, that's good. (laughs) I love it. No problem saying no. All right, Andy. Now, uh, a lot of people, when they get retired, there could be depression setting in, and they could feel a, a sense of loneliness. Yeah, I mean, I touched on this just a little bit um, in the last point I did. And and from a standpoint, again, like I I think loneliness comes because people get um, conditioned, if you will, to kind of just hang out. They start their world starts shrinking as we don't go to work and we don't we aren't as active. And, and it's harder in Wisconsin. I mean, let's face it. Winter is long. So we tend to get into those patterns and then it's really hard to break out of those patterns. And and I see this oftentimes with people who go from being alone. I mean, our neighbor was a perfect example. He was 92, lost his wife um, in February of 2020. His second wife. His second wife, yep. And, um, you know, decided to leave the farm and move into the city, into a, an active community. And um, he said he is happier He's now. Driving than, there. Yep, <laughs> because he has things to do, transportation to yeah. use, um, activities. lots of activities, lots of people. And for someone who is sound of mind and body, uh, it's amazing how much purpose you find in just helping the people that are around you. And so not only doing the activities and keeping your mind engaged, but having that human connection and interaction is is something that is so important for us as beings. So I think it's very important that we evaluate our lifestyle and make sure we are not getting into ruts. We are, you know, continuing those connections, continuing to reach out to family and friends. Um, you know, and, and I know it's, it is hard. It's hard to break those patterns, but it is so important to our, um, health of our mental state to keep those connections going. Absolutely. All right, Luke, she just touched on getting uh, stuck in a rut. You've got uh, 30, 40 seconds to uh, elaborate on that because that's something that uh, new retirees may uh, uh, experience. Yeah, we've we've kind of covered this. You know, you might be getting burnt out on the golf after a few years, um, getting tired of that. Um, give yourself permission to change things up. Try something new. What if maybe you've wanted to learn an instrument? Maybe you've wanted you know, fill in the blank what that might be. The sky's the limit now. You've got time to do it. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, You know, retirement does not have a single job description. You don't have to just wear the title of lawyer or teacher. It can be multiple different hats. Um, So stay interested in life. You sometimes have to change your focus, your interests, your activities. What is or are the most important things in your life at this time or going to be if you're not quite retired yet? Oftentimes it might be the relationships. Um, Maybe it's health, you know, invest and pour into those things so that you can have the quality of life um, that I'm sure you were hoping for throughout your retirement years. Absolutely true. And uh, truer words were never spoken. And that's the kind of advice you'll get from Luke, Sam and Andy at Dual Financial Strategies when you contemplate retirement uh, as part of their retirement lifestyle review that they will give you at no cost, no obligation when you call them up and to make an appointment in either their Green Bay or Appleton offices at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. That retirement lifestyle review you complimentary come in and uh, visit with them they get to know you you get to know them 866-203-7486 well it's fast moving show sam but we've got one more segment 
One more segment, and it's the one that listeners look forward to the most when we answer your questions. We'll be right back. Your retirement continuing uh, with Dual Financial Strategies uh, with uh, Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and me, Chuck Caton. And uh, we are happy to be with you uh, each and every week. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And it's the holiday season, so happy holidays to you all as the uh, calendar will turn from November to December very quickly. And uh, again, uh, it's 866-203-7486 in case you missed that phone number. Uh, to uh, make an appointment right now uh, with Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies to uh, discuss your retirement. Maybe you're uh, getting ready to retire in 2024. This is the time to make that appointment, especially no cost, no obligation to sit down and find out uh, uh, some of the details of what we were just talking about uh, in terms of uh, what you'll be looking forward to or maybe not so much looking forward to and preparing for when you're in retirement from both a fiscal and emotional standpoint. All right, we've got four questions here. We're going to start. uh, Sam, you're uh, all set to go to uh, answer some of them, aren't you, as well as Andy and Luke? Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to go to Ashwabanon, and Dexter is there. Uh, Dexter says, I'm a dual citizen, both British and uh, U.S., and I've lived and worked in the U.S. for nearly four years. I'm 61 years old at the moment and uh, uh, have 14 credits for Social Security. I'll contribute in the next four years to make it a total of 30 credits. Uh, Can I add Social Security credits after I'm 65 years old to make 40 credits by continuing to work those extra years? Uh, Yeah, the answer to that, the simple answer to that, Dexter, is yes, you can. Um, So you can can pick up the credits to get to your 40 so that you are eligible for Social Security. Um, People get really confused about how they earn credits, and, and I would direct you, actually, there's a great... Uh, informational piece on the Social Security website. So the website for Social Security is ssa.gov. That's the website. If you go to the website, you can search for a, uh, a report uh, or an informational piece called How You Earn Credits. Uh, it's a great piece. It explains it uh, actually quite simply. Um, I've, I've often said that um, I don't have a whole lot of use for government of any type. Uh, I think they do, in most cases, more harm than good and stand in the way of innovation and, and uh, progress. However, the Social Security website is a good one. It's a great resource. It's very well laid out. It makes a lot of sense. And this report is quite good. So basically, the way that Social Security works is that for every $1,640 that you earn, you you get a credit. And you can earn a a maximum of four credits in a year. And you have to have 40 credits over your working lifetime in order to be able to draw Social Security. Now, you can earn, you could earn 80 credits during your lifetime, depending upon how long you had worked. However, that doesn't change your benefit amount. Your benefit amount is not changed by how many credits you have. The only reason for the credits is to determine if you are, in fact, eligible to receive Social Security. So you can draw get those credits up to age 69. At age 69 is when you stop earning credits, even if you were working at that point in time. So, uh, Dexter, you do have time 
If you continue on the schedule that you're talking about, you'll have enough Social Security credits uh, by the time you are ready to retire to draw Social Security. So you should be in good shape. But yeah, check out SSA.gov, how to earn credits. Uh, That'll give you a really, really good informational piece. Another thing to add to that for Dexter and anybody else listening is that um, you don't just have to wait until the next quarter to earn the the next 1640 to get the point. So if you earn you know, $6,560 in the first quarter of the year. This might be applicable for people looking to retire, especially you, Dexter. Um, once you earn the sixty-five sixty, now you've qualified for the full, four full credits for the whole year. So you don't have to work the rest of the year to get the rest of the credits. All righty. Georgie's in Little Shoot uh, for Andy. Uh, I'm retired. I've got a portfolio with about 40% stocks, 60% bonds uh, using U.S. and international index funds. Due to market volatility, I'm considering investing in an indexed annuity with 25 to 30% of my investment. Uh, Is an indexed annuity a good idea to include in my uh, retirement portfolio? And that's a great question, Georgie. So, yes, it could be. There are a lot of other factors that I would want to establish for you before just giving you a completely green light. But, yeah, it probably is. Um, we'd want to look at your income. We'd want to look at your expenses. We want to look at how much liquidity you have in your assets elsewhere. Um, so, Yes, it could. And we want to make sure that liquidity is not an option, because obviously, if you are investing in annuity there and you're already retired, um, there is a surrender charge period on all annuities. So you have to make sure that you have plenty of available liquid assets that would allow you to um, reach in and grab money if you needed to for an emergency or for whatever you're looking for. And, And I don't know what your thoughts are if you're looking for an income stream, if you're just looking for a place to save money to reduce your market volatility, because that is absolutely a concern. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth a conversation to just further the investigation and make sure you have what you need to establish whether an indexed annuity would be a good fit. All right. And remember, that's 866-203-7486 to get uh, answers to these and other questions you might have uh, about uh, retirement and uh, where to put the money. All right. Paul's in Appleton. Uh, Luke, uh, Paul wants to know. How old should you be to get life insurance? Simple question. Is it a complex answer? Hi, Paul. Well, there really is no predetermined age when you should suddenly become necessary to take out a life insurance policy. However, there it does depend oftentimes on your income, especially if you have children and a spouse that might be depending on that income. Uh, there's a major benefit then for taking out a policy when you're young or the younger, the better to sort of cover that need. However, as we age, Paul, you know, the show is your retirement. As we get closer to that retirement age, hopefully the kids are moving out. Hopefully the debts are getting paid off and completely paid off. Um, We often are not as concerned about as much the death benefit. We might be more concerned about what if we need some sort of medical assistance. Um, This could be in your home. This could be in a facility of some type. And we have to remember that those things are not covered by Medicare. And this coverage is called long-term care, of course. Um, Now, if you imagine when you're thinking about long-term care, all you imagine is crazy high premiums. Well, you would not be alone in that scenario. There are other options for long-term care that doesn't include paying a premium and potentially losing out on that premium paid if the coverage is not uh, uh, needed. So working with an independent company that can shop around multiple different carriers that can use other tools than traditional long term care 
could be a fantastic solution, could be a fantastic place to start to get a second opinion to determine in the realm of insurance what what's the greatest need? What does the purpose of that money need to be at this point? Absolutely. And Luke hit on a good point, uh, Paul, and that is uh, dual financial strategies is independent and uh, they have no uh, agenda or no steering to one company or another. They're fiduciaries who have you uh, as the number one uh, requisite, the number one person they're serving uh, before anything else. All right, Sam, the final question comes from Freedom, and it's Andrew who's there who just turned 59 and earns $80,000 a year. Andrew says his wife is 52, makes $50,000 a year, and their only debt uh, is $70,000 on their house at 2.5%. They'd like to retire at 62. He says, my 401k will most likely have about $300,000 on uh, uh, by then. Uh, thinking about drawing down the entire 401k in eight years till I reach 70, along uh, with... Uh, uh, some other work that I'll be making twenty thousand uh, dollars a year uh, working part time. Uh, now at seventy, I will take my maximum social security. Uh, my wife takes hers at sixty three. He's got this all planned out here. Yeah, he's got. Uh, so it, it should be fine at that age. But uh, does this seem like a bad idea? What are your thoughts on my plan? Uh I mean, you know, you've done a great job, Andrew, thinking thinking through this. You you said, does any of this seem like a bad idea? The only part of this that I would really want you to think long and hard on and potentially revisit is drawing the entire balance of that 401k down in eight years uh, until you, you hit 70. Uh, and the reason I would say that is what do you plan on doing for cash after that? Um, and now if you've got a bunch of money saved and you got, you know, plenty of emergency cash sitting on the side, that's a whole other story. But um, I would not be comfortable seeing you at that age relying entirely and completely on social security uh what are you going to do if they cut retirement benefits you know they talk about that there there could be a 25 percent reduction in retirement benefits at some point in the future uh because of the uh you know the problems that are surrounding social security so what are you going to do when you spend all of your cash out of your 401k and then they cut your retirement benefits by 25 25 percent uh now you got a problem uh, and now you're starting to get at an age where you may not want to work or, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of for you not to be able to work. Um, what if you have a uh, what if you have some sort of a medical event uh, that surpasses uh, Medicare? Now you're on Medicare. But what if you have some sort of a, a medical event or you need something uh, that Medicare says, well, we're not going to pay for that because, uh, you know, that's 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 not within our purview. But a good example of that would be uh, um, if you want to do something like when you have cataracts, if you want to do something beyond cataract removal, you start going into lens replacement and some of those things like that. That's not covered. I mean, you could spend you could spend eight, six, you know, six, eight, ten thousand dollars on something like that, like right quick. So. You're thinking it out, Andrew. I, I, I'm so happy to see you doing that. But I would probably look at tweaking that plan a little bit with you to see how do we maintain some of the balance of that 401k so that you have an emergency fund because you always, always, always need to have emergency funds, especially as you start getting older, because now we're talking about non-insurance or non-Medicare covered medical expenses are typically the largest thing that you're going to have replacing a car things of that nature, 
I just want to make sure that you're going to measure that one twice and only cut it once. All right, and that's the kind of advice that uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke will give you, and they'll steer you in the right direction to and through retirement uh, with their retirement lifestyle review that you can get complimentary at no cost, no obligation at 866-203-7486. They have an office in Appleton. They have an office in Green Bay. So uh, wherever you're listening to us here, it's all about your retirement. And, again, they are fiduciaries. That means you come first uh, with the their consultation in your uh, particular situation. Once again, it's 866-203-7486. And again, happy holidays uh, from all of us here on Your Retirement. Sam, your final thoughts. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Catch us here, same time, same place, next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.